0: Welcome to the Dream Mentorship Podcast, where we interview everyday women making a difference in their lives and communities. From doctors to stay-at-home mamas, CEOs who work hard with no drama, this is where you come to dream and be inspired.
1: Because at Dream Mentorship, we believe that every dream is valid. Here's our host and founder, Mac Jane Creighton
0: dreamers and welcome to another episode of the dream mentorship podcast of course you know i'm your girl mac jane cretin and today i do have a phenomenal woman yes you heard me right i know i say that a lot every week it's someone special it's someone extraordinary but she is through truly an amazing woman she actually is based in switzerland and she has Spent 25 years in business and entrepreneurship in London, in Switzerland. She worked for Europe's largest bank in Geneva, Switzerland, and created a women's network where women could connect, share, and support one another. Doesn't she sound like, you know, a part of the dream messaging community? Yeah, I know. (laughs) So I know that's why I'm excited to have her here. Come to talk to us about her new book and some of the things that she is doing. In her business, she believes that the secret to lasting success lies in mastering your mind, clarity or vision, basically knowing your next step, you know, building confidence and self-belief and staying in control of your time. So managing your time properly so you can have a balanced, happy and, and healthy life. She now lives with her husband and two daughters in a Swiss chalet overlooking Lake Geneva. And if you want to know some fun facts about her, <laughs> her favorite job was working at an ice cream parlor. And she loves horses, which is really, really cool. So, you know, this is just kind of to give you a little bit of a warm up about our guest today. Her name is Melita Campbell, and she is absolutely amazing. And I want you to kind of get ready as we dive right into her life as, as a business owners, an entrepreneur with over 25 years of experience. If you're someone who is struggling with self-confidence, how to network, how to build a successful business, especially if you're an immigrant or international, um, you're you're a foreigner, this is definitely a podcast. You want to pull a note out and a pen and start taking notes because you're absolutely going to learn a lot. And I want you to stay to the very end as we get to talk about some of the ways that introverts can network and be successful. Yes, you heard me. So make sure you stay to the very end so
1: we can learn all about that. Welcome to the podcast, Melita. Thank you so much for that introduction. I'm I'm quite glad it's just audio, so you can't see me blushing. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay, so we're going to get into this
0: conversation, and I want to start from right where we were talking about just before we got on the recording. You had mentioned earlier about you your dad telling you you can do anything not to have that mindset just because you're a girl you cannot do you know anything um that you grew up with that and I want you to kind of share with our audience today how that just that single conversation has changed changed your life or kind of transitioned you to where you are today
1: yeah it was funny it was I must have been about six I must have been about seven or eight when I went into my dad's office and it was my favorite thing to do. And I remember walking down this corridor with my dad and suddenly he he worked for, um, for the bank's automated clearing system in the UK. So there was always heads of bank type people milling around and it was the seventies. So everything was Brown. (laughs) And I just remember this really tall guy walking towards us and he, he said hi to my dad and then he got down on his knees and so he could speak to me eye to eye. And then my when we got back to my dad's office he he closed the door and he's like right i don't know why but when you get into an office there are going to be certain men there that will tell you you can't do things just because you're a woman mm-hmm. in those moments i want you to remember that the guy that signs the banknotes got on his knees to talk to you and, wow. and that's really yeah it really stuck with me and and it really did help cuz i i started my career and you know he's right there were definitely well even at university there were certain men in in my course and I was doing really well and they just got really frustrated by that well why are you doing better than me and I'm a man you're like well, what was that gonna do with anything you know men are idiots of course I'm gonna <laughs> do better but well I didn't say that but that's really what I was thinking um and then I got into my career and I was really fortunate Throughout my career, I've had some amazing bosses who were more mentors than just a, a than just a boss. But at the same time, I certainly have come across a lot of men that were like, you can't do that. Like, I remember I was working for a marine and shipping company and I'd only been there uh, not even a week. I think it must have been the first week on a Friday. And I was just packing up to go home and one of the directors came into my office and said, well, can you just type this fax for me? And I just looked at him and said, no, you know, my, my role was head of branding and marketing. I had nothing to do with typing faxes. So I was like, and he's like, What do you mean? I was like, Well, you'd be quicker to do it yourself. I can't type. I mean, I could type, I didn't tell him that. And he's like, What do you mean you don't type? I was like, Well, I didn't think that's why I was employed here. And so he went storming into the CEO's office, which was just uh, like one up from mine, and he was and then I got a call from the CEO he said, Can you come into my office, please? I was like, Oh, here we go. I'm gonna be fired on the spot and I haven't even made a week. <laughs> and and he uh called me up to him and he said he he said so this is telling me that you wouldn't type his fax is that correct and I was like well yeah I didn't think that was my my role here to, to type faxes and honestly if it if I thought that was it I, I definitely wouldn't have taken this job you know my job is to to help position your company in a stronger position so you can get more clients and grow um and that's what I thought I was here to do and he's right I see he's come a step closer so I went a step closer and he held out his hand and he and he shook my hand and he said yes I never make the coffee either (laughs) (laughs) that's a that's a great story I mean
0: women need to learn to stand up for themselves because that's 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 important uh and a lot of times I feel that we get um Put in situations where we feel like, well, that's the norm. Everyone is expected to do this. So I'm a woman. I should just go with the flow. And a lot of times we're not able to stand up for what we are hired for or say no to things that make us uncomfortable. I'm glad that you kind of brought that up. And I want to kind of, you know, still continue in that direction. You know, we had kind of touched on the fact that you're an introvert. How Mm -hmm. did you? you know, come to the point of gaining that independence and confidence? I know that um, you grew up in a single parent household and you learned how important financial independence is for women. Now that you're looking back and looking at all the experiences and jobs that you have done in your career now, uh, how, how did you get to that point to say, you know what, this is who I am. I'm going to lead a fulfilling life and, and, and I'm going work in that confidence in, in, in independence
1: yeah I remember the exact moment that that changed for me so I've always been conscious of doing a good job and standing up for my my expertise and my education that wasn't necessarily a, an issue so when I'm asked to type the facts I'm like no <laughs> um but then it was it was two jobs after that so that that coffee fax uh situation I was 24 at the time um, and I stayed with that company for for nearly two years, and then I got um, actually my first uh, boss invited me to go back and work for him, but at a new company, uh, which I did. I was really excited. It was a big step up. It was working in public relations, which I was really I'd always been interested to do. And actually, that the the my first job, he he paid for me to to learn how to do public relations, and it was something I really enjoyed. I was quite good at, um, so I was quite interested to explore. Just focusing on that for a company. Unfortunately, what he didn't tell me <laughs> was that the company was really struggling and they were trying, they were just getting desperate. Okay, well, maybe if we get lots of PR, then we'll suddenly be able to turn around our fortunes. But six weeks after I joined the company, it went into receivership. So I was out on my ear. And mm-hmm. so uh, that was a huge shock. So I had six months of, of unemployment, which was tough. Really tough, you know every day when you're you're putting yourself forward for work that you believe you could do really well, and then people are saying no before they even like get past your c v it's mm-hmm. it, it's really hard to go through that process um and I remembered I went for this job interview with uh with the u k government for their communication pool, and it was a really tough interview because i I had to submit. Uh, a communication strategy ahead of time and that to qualify to for the interview and then the interview process for the whole uh day so I got through the the strategy part I knew that was really good um at the time I was uh, doing my master's degree in marketing and communication and one of my lecturers there was the uh was the PR um guy for one of the the UK billionaire at the time um and so I asked him like could you just take a look at this and he's like do you know a thing called PowerPoint? I was like, yes, I do. He goes, great. I'll look at that if you can do some PowerPoint, whatever that is. (laughs) I was like, okay. So we did a, a little exchange. So I knew that strategy was really good. And I went in and we had group work. We had tests throughout the day and we had various things. And then the last thing was an interview. So it was a really long day. I was really happy with my performance up until that point and I went to this interview, and they were asking the usual questions, and by this point, I'd been having, like, I think about five months worth of interviews, so I was well-versed in what to say, Um, and I think I was about 10 or 15 minutes into the interview, and there was a panel of there was five, five people, and the lead person, she stood up, and she threw my CV at me, and told me to get out, I was like, whoa, what, and she goes, I am sick of your lies, just get out of here, and I was like, what what lies i haven't been lying and i know people can lie on their cv but that's definitely not i hadn't done that and so i was just really confused I was like I, I don't understand why you think i'm lying and she goes all the way through you've been saying we did this and we did that and we did the other i believe that you're passing someone else's work off as your own and i was just it really struck me as like well i've worked in small businesses. there wasn't anyone else i was the only person doing all the marketing communications branding PR everything and she you know I just I just I think it's disgraceful the way that you're trying to to do this it's like I'm not to, you know wow. but it was late by that point and I was like gosh so I cried all the way home I'd literally used my last five pounds to get my my train pass to get to that interview so I was really rock bottom you no know, no I've been thrown out of this interview that I really was so convinced I was going to get Um, I didn't have any money left at all and I was like oh my gosh but then I woke up the next day and I thought she's right you know I hadn't stood up for anything I hadn't claimed mm-hmm. my expertise I hadn't said you know this is why I've done this this is the result I got this is how I did it and this is why I'm amazing You <laughs> know, which is what I needed to do so I the very next interview I had it was for um a large corporate and I'd never worked in a large corporate before. It was for a role in internal communications, which I had never done before. So I got a book from the library about what is internal communications, the only book I could find with any information on that that discipline at all, because it was still quite new back then. Um and then I was like going through everything I'd done and mapping it all out. It's like, okay, why am I going to be amazing at this job? So I went into that interview and I was just I was just amazed at how it all came out and my confidence came across and they called me before I got home to say I had the job and it was just the, the best. And that's the job that brought me to Switzerland as well. So it was like, ah, oh, but that was the exact moment. So I'm always like, thank you very much. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> wow. These worst experiences are our biggest lessons. Yeah. Um, that was definitely my biggest lesson. And ever since then, I've been really clear, you No. Know, this is what I do this is my expertise I'm confident I can use that to help you and areas where I'm not confident then I I don't claim that so and that's ever since that moment and I got that job I got promoted every six months and ended up reporting to the CEO I impressed a lot of the board members which opened up so many doors for me um it was yeah really really was the best lesson so huge lesson out there for the listeners like really (laughs) own your expertise and be proud of it.
0: Wow. I mean, that is phenomenal and just encouraging and inspiring at the same time. And anyone who's listening to you right now would say, oh, well, you made it, you know, finally, you know, you got promotions, you you got to that top executive position that every everyone, well, I don't want to say everyone, but many women um, dream of, you know, people would say, Melita, you've made it. You don't have to complain, just settle. But you did something different. But you took a risk, and uh, when you had your own daughter, and left. Your 15-year career in marketing and communications for a more flexible work schedule. You became a freelance corporate writer and internal communications consultant. And of course, that led to where you are today. Anyone who's listening today is probably thinking, wait, you mean you left that position where you were reporting to the CEO to go start a freelance something? How did that work for you? How, How did you get there? And I mean, obviously having your your daughter made a difference, but do you ever regret leaving your successful full-time career to pursue business and entrepreneurship?
1: No, no, I don't at all. Um, but it wasn't an easy easy decision because I loved my job. I'd worked really, really hard over 15 years to get to where I was, to build continually build my uh, skills and expertise and to overcome my shyness <laughs> to to build a network and become a public speaker as well and really I worked so hard on all of that. And it, it it was just paying off. So I'd only been in that role for uh, nine months or so. Then my daughter came along and I was, I was totally going back to the office full time. But then the second I looked in her eyes when she was born, I was like, I'm not going back to the office. (laughs) It all changed, you know, you just so focused. And then you realize in that second, it all changed. So it, it took me a while to think through my options um, and then thanks to my network I, I'd met a lady who who did a similar role to me but in a different company um, and she lived local to me so I had lunch with her one day and I was like because you know, here um, at the time at least you can only work full-time there wasn't really full, part-time options and I would have an hour and a half commute to the office and back again so I would literally never see my daughter um, mm-hmm. apart from maybe at weekends but I'd I'm sure I'd end up working and I'd still be I wouldn't have that that quality time I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to be the mom that I wanted to be so uh so I remember over lunch telling my friends like maybe I could just write a newsletter for people just to keep my hand in do work around nap times and then I then I wouldn't have to feel that I had to go back to the office and she was like do you know what I was just having a conversation this morning with someone looking for someone to write a newsletter I was like no way <laughs> so they put me in touch and it was actually someone i knew through networking and they were they were like gosh i'd love to have you work on my team you know to get your your expertise to do do this work would be incredible so that's how i started They and they loved my work and they then after we worked together for two months they sent an email around to everyone they knew at this this company is one of the largest companies in the world so I know everyone that they knew in communications and said hey you've got to work with this person um and that was it for eight years I was fully booked so uh I picked up some I was uh work with the UN I was working uh, on their internal communications and helping the the director general with their communications I was training uh, communication professionals so it was it was great you know it was uh but I have to admit I didn't Actually, create a business. I created myself another job <laughs> because it's not only this time, instead of having one boss, I had multiple bosses who kept changing time scales on me. So the result was I was working around the clock for my clients. I was focused on my family. By that time, I had two young daughters, and I wasn't giving any time to myself. And I, I started to have uh, adrenal fatigue. I was really struggling to get out of bed in the morning. I think I was looking back. I think I was borderline depressed because my work was paid well, and it sounded good, but it wasn't really giving me energy, it wasn't my passion. Um, and so I I was found myself staring burnout in the face. And so I had to make some changes and really readjust things. So I think it's really important, the big lesson I learned was, get clear about what work you love, and find a way to f- stay focused on that. What is your your personal vision, and make yeah. sure that that's how you're showing up and that's the work you were saying yes to and I just said yes to everything anything that came my way yeah I'll do that Mm -hmm. I was doing stuff like why am I doing this I hate this (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're right Uh, many of
0: us fall into that trap of like oh yeah sure I'll volunteer or yes I can totally do that uh, when you have requests so from your experience how can we as women avoid burnout on a daily basis
1: so really focusing on your own priorities first and and it we have this I think we grew up grow up with this sense of duty that we have to help other people first and it's it's rubbish it's you know you, you, if you burn out you can't help anyone right. um, so it's self-full not selfish to work on your own priorities first and then see to other people so even down to your email you know your email inbox is everyone else's priorities for you. It's not your priorities. So focus on what you need to do first and then go and check your emails on what other people want you to do. But get your own things done first, your own focus done and set clear boundaries. You teach people how to treat you. So back in that that role where I said no to type in the facts, you know, I, when, that, when that director signed my leaving card, it, he signed it to the girl that doesn't type. <laughs> I'm so proud of that, you know. But you know, I taught him right from the very beginning. If I typed that fax, I would have been typing a lot of faxes. Right. Um, but because right from the get-go I said, no, I don't do that, then, you know, that taught them, okay, we can't ask her that. You know, they, they were, had a bit of a grumble, but they they got the message. Um, so we have to remember that we teach people what our boundaries, what our values are, how, how we... Um, what we accept and what we don't accept. So we have to set those standards for ourselves, and um, and make sure that we're looking after ourselves and scheduling time for yourself. So I have um, I've developed a matrix uh, style to do list so I can really focus in on my top one to three priorities per day. So that's every day I have like a, a, a just those one sometimes three things. If I only get those three things done by the end of the day, I can I can close the day happy. You know, I can be happy with what I've done. Um, so then I make sure that those three things link up to my goals. So why am I doing this? Is this is this actually taking me in the direction I'm going to go, or is it just stuff I feel I should do for I don't know what? <laughs> um, so I can because it's short, I can really clear, be clear, and focus on the right things. And then I have a space for it's called mind body and soul so am i doing every day something for my self-development which we have to prioritize if we're learning and growing then we have more opportunities and we've become more confident we have more uh we can really step into our potential we're not waiting for someone else to say hey you should do this or you should have this opportunity we're getting it for ourselves so every day I do something for your mind, something for your body. So this is getting out of sleep, eating healthily, getting exercise, uh, breathing, drinking plenty of water. You know, the simple healthy habits. And every day, am I doing something for my soul? And that is just something for me, whether it's going for a walk, meeting friends, watching Netflix, playing Candy Crush, whatever. It doesn't matter as long as it's something that is really making you feel good about yourself and just helping you relax in ways that you enjoy. And it's got nothing to do with what anyone else wants for you. Um, So I really make sure that every day I have at least one thing in each of those columns. So that really helps maintain the balance and focus. Wow, okay.
0: I am like okay I am scribbling so fast where I am and I hope anyone <laughs> who's listening literally took notes because those are life lessons that she just kind of dumped on us in a few minutes and 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 you know I was just here kind of also kind of absorbing a lot of the information you're saying some of the things that you said are really key boundaries Super important because these days, uh, a lot of people would people will take you for granted when you don't have boundaries. When you, they don't know your, you know, what you what you believe or what you don't like. Always say if you don't have a say, you fall for anything. If you don't, you know, have your core values and some of the things that you stand for. If you don't stand for anything, you you will fall for anything. Basically, yeah, it's
1: like Katy Perry, isn't it? In that in her song Raw, she she fell for everything because she didn't stand for anything. Right. Yeah. And then- and, and that is so, so important. I mean, you kind of
0: brought it up on a slide, but I thought that was super key and I hope someone got it, you know, get that. Like you're talking about with the the the, the fax machine um, story. I wish, I hope someone gets that. Whether you're working to a job or you're working into a, a relationship or working into anything in life, you definitely have to be able to stand up for your st- yourself and know your core values and know what you stand for so you don't fall for anything. And then, and that kind of also leading me to, to ask you this. So tell us about your program and how you you help women build a successful business.
1: Yeah. So I mean, linking back to what you just said, I I, I was reading. Um, you know, I read a lot, as, as you know. It's, it's I have it I have to do it every day. <laughs> it's part of my thing. Um, and I was reading um a book with uh, Barbara Stani. And she said in that because my background's communication, and this so this really stuck stuck with me that, um, and I've just written this book, so I'm really focused in on on stories and the hero's journey. Everyone talks about this hero's journey, and it uh, when I was listening to Neil Gaiman talking about that, he said, you know, the best stories are those where the each character by the end of the book gets what they need, not what they want. Mm-hmm. And I thought oh, that's really good, um, and I think we have to focus in on not just what we want, but what we need and, and to ask for that. But Barbara Stani in her book was saying, you know, there's also the heroine's journey. And the heroine's journey isn't like the hero where he, he wants something, he learns a lesson from a guide who teaches him like what he really needs and he gets that by the end. And she said, the heroine's journey is different. The heroine starts the story with everything she already needs. And by the end of the story, she figures she, she understands that. She's learned. I had it all already like Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. She had it all already. She knew she she could get home. She had her ruby slippers, but she didn't believe in herself enough to make those slippers work. And the hero's journey is always that. It's just learning you already have everything you need. You just have to believe in yourself. And I, when I was I had my consultancy and I was, I was networking, uh, I was meeting a lot of women who had started a business around their expertise. You know, as women, we're always very... Uh, we have expertise we have experience we have a deep passion for helping others and that's what success means for women more than for men men is all uh money and status and and power for women it's it's using our skills and our um our abilities and talents to make a difference to contribute to society and that's really really important to women so i was meeting lots of women who were doing exactly that they had their passion they had uh they they were helping their clients they just weren't helping enough clients, you know, which meant that they weren't making a profit, which meant they didn't have a sustainable business. They had a hobby. And mm-hmm. the bit that they were missing was partly they didn't, not that they weren't confident that they didn't have, that they had the expertise. Sometimes they didn't feel they had the expertise when they clearly did, but more it was a comp, they, they didn't believe in themselves as a business owner. They didn't, they didn't believe they could sell. I've um, got a, 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 key point on selling in a minute, um, and they didn't know how to communicate their value and ha- and everything that I learned in that interview, you know, they, they were doing that. They were like, oh, well, I, I do this little thing and we kind of do this. They're like, who's we? Oh, no, it's me. <laughs> there is <laughs> no one else. I was like, well, tell them that. So they, they had all the pieces. They just weren't sure how to communicate that, how to market that, how to generate clients on a consistent basis and how to step into their role as a leader of their business and set boundaries and manage their productivity and all the lessons I'd learned over my lifetime and I was just watching them saying I would love to work with these women but at that point I was like can I do that (laughs) you know can I really do that and then women started coming to me and saying well can you help me start my business I see that you've been successful over the last 10 years and I was like I don't know you know maybe I kind of feel I could But I don't know what that would look like. So I hired myself a business coach and worked through a signature program that would bring all of my expertise together in a model that would really help women. I didn't want to just say I'm a business coach and help women. I wanted to know that I had a system that was going to help them to get what they wanted and to start believing in themselves and start building out those systems and connections that were going to take them and their business to the next level and for a lot of these women, they don't want to be millionaires. They they just want to be able to make a difference and to have time for what they believed was important. So some do, some some of the clients I want I work with really do want to dominate the world and make millions, which is great. Um, because when you have millions, you can it gives you the opportunity to support more people, right? Right. So it's not again, it's not being selfish, it's being self full and and looking, it gives you opportunities to to further help and prompt that ripple effect but for many it wasn't about that at all so and then they felt guilty oh I should be trying to make millions (laughs) like why if that's not what you want if that's not what's going to fill you up so um so then I developed what I call the dream clients blueprint and it really helps them to really get crystal clear about what they're doing and why build their confidence really understand their clients so that they can put that client understanding at the heart of every decision they make so they're always focused on the right things they really always know what to do now and next uh, to work on that productivity leadership mindset is a huge thing that we work on and look at the marketing and communications aspects that so they can really connect and make a difference with people um, from in a way that feels right to them they don't feel that they're trying to do something icky or they're not trying to be someone that they're not so they can really connect in genuine ways and since I developed that system and then switched my focus oh my gosh it's been like black and white I love every day I'm jumping out of bed and I can't <laughs> wait to get started I'm often working through till I have a, a break in the in the middle to, to see to look after my kids and I do make sure I have time off as well but you know very often I will take evening meetings because I just love it so much <laughs>
0: Wow. I'm sure there's a lot of people saying, I want that right now. I want I want to live that <laughs> life. I want to be able to jump out of bed every day being excited about my job. Um, so tell us about your book, um, because that is a fantastic resource that I believe a lot of women would benefit from reading. Tell us about it um, and,
1: and where people can get it. So it's called shy girls guide to networking, and you can find it on Amazon everywhere paperback or kindle um and really it was yeah. You know, I, I outlined this book four years ago and but I was never getting it started because what I wanted to do was write a book about that explained my my business building system so because I see a lot of people feeling under pressure to do to build a business a specific way um and so I wanted to kind of counteract that but then i i was never getting going and i spoke to a book mentor and she said, oh show me I, i'd love to take a look and see if i can help you get started and she looked at it and she's like okay you've kind of written war and peace here <laughs> that's why why you're struggling to get started because it's just so big so we decided to break it down into smaller uh, a series of smaller books that were easier for me to write and easier for people therefore to to digest and they and really focus in on sharing as much value in those as possible but from a um, a real empathetic point of view that leaves everyone thinking by the end, I can definitely do this. That was really my goal. And we decided to start with a shy girl's guide to networking because I think it was the, the need to network that was the trigger for me overcoming my shyness. And um, we, we, we were speaking before we came live that I was, when I started to to network because I had to, I moved to Switzerland. I didn't know anyone. So I had no friends, no, 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 um, professional contact so I had to really start from scratch and so I had to get out there and network I'd successfully managed to avoid it in London um and I read lots of books about how to go about it and I shadowed other people and but I realized that the one thing that that I was struggling with that nobody else was addressing in these books was the fact that I didn't (laughs) want to network I didn't feel confident I hated it I didn't feel like just walking into the room made me feel like my shoes were made of concrete and my my heart was in my mouth and I just felt terrible um and then I discovered okay I I have to find a way over this and I was at a leadership training event and we had to do some self-coaching and through that I learned um I I focused on on networking and I really broke it down what am I struggling with and what would it take for me to get comfortable with this and what I developed was uh what I called my victory formula And that's the first half of the book is all about that. And I'm starting to think about my next book uh, in the series. So far, it's going to be a series of nine, (laughs) hopefully. Um, And I I was already thinking, gosh, my victory formula really applies to the next one's going to be on marketing, It really applies to to marketing as well, because it really maps out, you know, having your vision, getting intentional, understanding how to build your courage and confidence, how to stand up to be your true self. Uh, how to overcome the obstacles that you're gonna come across in a way that suits you, how to write your own rules um is a big part of it. That was really transformational and then just knowing that once you've got all of that in place that you've got this um you can do it so that was my victory formula and it really helped me to get my mindset in the right place and really want to network and as soon as I had that intention and I was knew why I was doing it and why it was important to me and why I wanted to push through then it all kept fell into place and then learning the skills like what comes before during and after a networking event and it's what happens before and after that's the real networking that's what really makes it successful and that's bits I've missed altogether before. before uh, then it all starts to come to play into place and you know, my network has opened up so many doors for me. It's helped me become a public speaker. It's helped me start three businesses at zero cost. It's helped me find uh, work. It's helped me empower other people. It's helped me be invited to become a TEDx uh, speaker coach. You know, all these things that I would never have experienced if I hadn't built that network. So I wanted to start with that topic because I think it's the the best introduction to me, and um, my journey and my approach to life and business uh whilst also giving some advice i i didn't find anywhere else
0: if you're struggling with networking or you're shy or you are just an introvert who is uh, kind of um you know about meeting people um, this is definitely a book that you need to read go grab it on Amazon and I think you can come back later and, and thank us <laughs> for introducing you to that book <laughs> I really hope you all enjoyed today's podcast I wanted to keep going because she has so much to offer and uh, we're just getting she's, this is just scratching the soft face so I'm going to be thinking of ways that we can bring Melita back um, already <laughs> so <laughs> but I just want to say thank you so much Melita for joining us today on the podcast and as we kind of head out of this podcast I want you to just kind of give some finer tips or word of advice to any young woman who's listening to your story today.
1: I think you just have to trust in your instincts. Trust that you are on the right path and you know if you give up now you'll never get there. So really acknowledge where you've come from. I think a lot of the time we we, we achieve some kind of success, and we're already focused on the next thing, and how we're not good enough for the next thing yet, rather than saying, wow, I I, I achieved that. I'm amazing. <laughs> you know, we really need to be our own cheerleaders a bit more, I think. Um, and so yeah, trust in yourself, you really have got this.
0: Yeah. Trusting yourself. You really got this. And remember to be self-ful and not selfish. Yeah. <laughs> I told you all I was taking notes. She's phenomenal. Thank you so much, Melita Campbell, for joining us today on the podcast. It was absolutely amazing hearing your story and being able to share it with our network of listeners.
1: No, oh, it's been my pleasure.
0: Thank you. Well, thank you all for listening to today's podcast. If you're absolutely enjoying any part of it, please, please leave us a note. Let us know. Let us know that you enjoyed this. If this inspired you in any way, let us know. Your feedback matters to us. We want to hear from you. We want to see, want to know how this podcast is impacting your life and making a difference in your goals and your dreams and in your pursuit of a life that you truly need or life that you truly want or desire. So as we wrap up today's conversation, I just want to send a quick, reminder to you all that we are nonprofit so if you're a young lady who is listening to this you're 20 to 30, 34 years old and you need a mentor come connect with us we want to get to know you we provide access to scholarships training and resources that you need so you can be successful in corporate America and of course if you are not a young woman or you just you know an auntie a grandma an uncle who's have who's listening to this podcast and you want to support dream mentorship we're absolutely love of that, whether you want to support us by getting involved and volunteering in some of the work that we do, We welcome you, or if you would like to make a monetary donation to our organization, you can head on to our website at dreammentorship.org and click on the donate button. Your tax deductible um, donation to our organization will definitely make a difference in the lives of women, not just in the United States, but all across the world as well. Thank you all so much for listening to our podcast today. Until next time, I remain your girl, Matt Jane Creighton. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you for listening and going on a captivating journey of inspiration with us. If you'd like to learn more about Dream Mentorship and become part of the Dream Mentorship family, follow us on Instagram at Dream Mentorship or visit our website, dreammentorship.org. Feel free to send us a message and tell us what you loved about this podcast and our wonderful guest. This episode was edited by me, Evelyn Calvo. No matter what your dream is, we can help you make it a reality. And the first step is learning from other women living their authentic dreams. So come back next week for another episode.